The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome to the Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast with me, your host, Ger McCarthy. You can follow me on Twitter at germacarthy 74 In this week's bumper episode, we preview Cork's TG Cahar All-Ireland Senior Ladies Football Semi-Final with Galway. We'll hear from both camps, managers, coaches and players, as well as a special interview with the 42.e sports journalist Emma Duffy on her career and prediction for Sunday's semi-final clash. That's all to come on this week's Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Sunday's TG Carr All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship semi-final between Cork and Galway should be an occasion to savour. Next, we'll hear from the opinions of Cork manager Efi Fitzgerald, head coach Paddy O'Shea and selector Dominic Gallagher. Please note all this week's interviews were conducted prior to the LGFA being forced to move Cork semi-final from Limerick to Parnell Park in Dublin. Thankfully we've a clean bit of health so far anyway, we have a week to go now so um, you know there's a lot of competition for places there, training very well as you as you rightly said there earlier and um, I suppose the Kevin game wasn't wasn't a huge test for us in the sense that you know it was a whatever 17 point victory but I think we've been progressing and our football has been getting better since we since we returned so we'll look for a big performance next week now and uh, um, you know if training is anything to go by I think we'll get it but you, you never know on the day particularly in this time of the year you know a lot could depend on the weather and you know different situations but we're, we're very happy with things so far anyway. Is a lot of it at this stage, Efi, about trying to cut out mistakes and things like going wrong. Obviously, this is only you've only played two competitive matches at the moment. time people forget that with the ladies' football championship. But is it a case of the team that makes the least amount of mistakes will have a better chance of winning? Yeah, matches? I suppose it is, and I suppose strength comes into it too this time of the year. You know, um, it's it's different type of football. You know, so now hopefully the Gaelic grounds will be in good condition. I'm sure it will next week, um, and it's a big pitch. So you know, like our girls, like the flow of the game. You know, we like you know the pitches to be as big as we can because uh, we are very good footballers but um, but I, all in all th- there are lots of mistakes and I don't think I think they're unavoidable really when you look at the, the weather we've had over the last while we've had an amount of rain um, but our handling is getting better you know we work quite a bit on that in, in, in training and I suppose the focus is on really getting possession rather than you know in the summer you can kind of be thinking what you're going to do with it before you get it but this time of year it's a little bit different so um, but we just have to adapt to the conditions it's the same for everybody but I think most of the games this year uh, have been very very close you know you know, if you look at you know Dublin's results, Galway's results, our own results, I suppose against Kerry, mm-hmm. and that they're very close games. And you know, um, but I do think we're improving. Our fitness levels are improving. Our sharpness is improving, and they'll need to be next week because Galway obviously been they were finalists last year and they've been there thereabouts for a number of years, and they have some excellent players. So um, we know it'll be it'll be a tough encounter, but that's what we wanted this time of the year. Um, you didn't get a chance to play them in the league before things locked down for COVID, but similar paths in that they came through two one-point victories over Tip and Manon, and as you said, and as you would have seen yourself, they are very much on the same path as yourself, slowly improving with every game, but what I like most about G in the last two games is that you seem to have improved in all areas of the pitch. You got a little bit better, a little bit tighter at the back, and that full forward line I wanted to ask you about, uh, Searsha, Dirren and Anya Terry played really well in very difficult conditions against Cavan. I know you put a score up but the conditions and the pitch and the time of the year, you must be very pleased with the way your forwards are progressing at the moment. Yeah, well, th- those three girls are th- they're three very strong footballers, um, as well as having fantastic skill levels. So, and um, we're delighted with them. But, um, but I think it's generally we've only had three games. We had one challenge match against Dublin, and then the games were pulled from us. So we've really only had two, two championship matches really to get ourselves prepared. So, um, and as I say, hopefully from from the point of view of of match practice, it wasn't ideal, but. 
I think there's a freshness there as well. I think you know the bonus of it is that the girls are very, very fresh. They're very hungry for training. It's it's nearly harder to get them off the pitch now than to, you know yeah, once they go out there. You know, so from that point of view, I think there's a massive hunger there. You know, we've had a lot of time off over the summer, and um, girls have been able to recharge their batteries. You know, the likes of Kira, who've who've been going for years and years and years, got a good break, mm. um, and just did the training that they felt like doing themselves, which was fantastic. So I think they've come back very, very fresh, um, very focused, and and as I say, looking forward to the challenge next week. Um, Roshi feeling coming into that full-back slot has allowed Hannah Looney to play around the middle of the park with Maura Callan, two of them played really well in two games thus far. I'm not suggesting that they'll be there today at the game against yeah. Galway, but their positions that they've played so far this year. Am I right in saying at this time of year, from a management point of view, are you looking to get players nailed down in positions, or is it a case of working to a system that will suit you best against Galway? Well, I think we're looking at, I suppose, a bit of both, really. But you know, we we, we have a system. We're developing a system. Um, but what we essentially what we want is that we have two girls more or less able to play in, every, in, in any position, you know, so this is great competition for places, number one, but also if anybody gets injured or isn't available, um, that we have somebody who can slot in and who knows the system and, you know, and is equally as adept at, at performing as the girl that's in there originally. So, um, again, that's been a work in progress for us. Obviously losing, I suppose, losing Marie Ambrose and, Lu- and Laura Manny have been blows to us during the year. You know, Laura had really settled into a wing-back position and um, and was dealt a blow with her, with her cruciate and stuff. So, um, but I think the girls have reacted very, very well. You know, they've trained very hard, and the new girls have given us a freshness. You know, Eric O'Shea coming in there and Abby O'Mahony, and yeah. you know, if Sai Valeri, they're chomping at the bits to get a game. And the, the biggest problem for us, to be honest, about it is we, we can pick 15 fine for any game, but um, picking the substitutes and the girls that we ha- can't bring to the games, it's really is very, very difficult. We, I think, we spent two hours last week trying to, trying to, you know get as good a combination as we could in terms of what we'd need going forward but also try, trying to be fair to the girls who are training all the time you know so we had girls in one week and maybe not in another week even though they didn't play so I don't think that you know I think if we were able to bring eight more players to the game I can't see how that would impact on on, on the COVID situation you know if they were dispersed in the stand and, and that um, and I hope now next week that you know there'll be some sense of of cop on in terms of, of, of us being able to, to bring the girls who have been because they've been doing training every bit as hard as, as the other girls so I think it's only fair that they could at least attend the match anyway um, I mean I know that decision is all of our hands but I do think um, like we've been coming together like I was anti the competition going ahead from, from day one because of the, the COVID situation and you know having elderly parents and dragging girls from all over the county and all over the country but it is what it is now and we're here and we're in the semi-final and I think the work that's been put in by, by all of those girls out there um, should be at least recognised in terms of being able to attend the games. What dictates your thinking now between here and, and the match in terms of trying to settle on a team first of all and then and those subs? Is it how they perform in training or do you have a, if it took you two hours as you said, like it's, it, it is a very difficult thing to do, it's not funny at all but yeah. What dictates your thinking coming into a semi-final like this? Though? Well, it's how they perform in training, really. That's the only gauge we have. Um, and obviously the two games we've played, um, you know, we, we did make a few changes and, and you know, we've used different personnel, um, bringing on different girls and that. But over the next week and a bit, it will be, I suppose, the, the torture will be dictated by how they perform. And as well as that, injuries. Who knows? You know, we have the Camogie girls um, playing tomorrow and, you know, we wish them luck and hopefully they can come through that semi-final. Um, but, you know, they can get injured there easily enough. And in the next, you know, we have four sessions left, I suppose, before the game. Anything can happen there. So it's just, 
but I'm very confident in the girls we have, and they're maturing all the time. You know, it's a big, you know, it's it's a big step up to come from from club football to into county football. But I do think that the girls we brought in have given a new freshness and have given the older girls that kind of emphasis to drive on a little bit more as well. And it's nothing like competition. Um, you know, to drive you on in training, and like we we always preach that you know what you do in training is what you do in a game. So we try and keep the intensity up as much as we can. And I think this year, above all years I've been involved, and in, maybe maybe by the first we have massive competition for places. And when we do A versus B games and that in training, you know the competition is fierce, and you know it's worthwhile. It just doesn't fade away. Our one team isn't isn't hammering another. You know, and that's great for as I say, it's great for the girls in terms of them honing their skills and having to do things at a higher pitch. But it's also great for us um, in terms of giving us the options going forward yeah it's been good actually the last three or four weeks because any any injury issues that we had or even any COVID related related issues with girls who had to isolate for one reason or another they all kind of started clearing up and we, we got our numbers went up and up bar the camogie girls as you mentioned who we don't have once a week um, so it's been building nicely in terms of personnel the last three weeks I'd say and in turn, then that just builds the competition as well when the numbers are that big in training. Yeah, there's that word again, competition for places. I mean, a squad of 35-plus players, uh, from speaking to Efi as well, like it's, it's hard enough to pick the starting 15. It's getting leaving out players who won't be able to attend must be absolutely difficult at this time of year. Yeah, and if you go back to our, our cabin game, um, the night before we called a team, we all met, the management team met. We had the first 15 picked... Um, a lot shorter than we had the first 30 pick and then we had to pick another eight who couldn't travel which is gut-wrenching really from all of us it's the last thing we want to do and trying to explain that to the girls who are putting it in that they don't travel to the game is extremely difficult but like literally picking the first 30 took twice as long as picking the, the 15 that would start it's that intense in training and the girls are bringing that intensity so they're, they're, they're creating that competition themselves which is you know, it leads to those hard decisions, but it's what's required in the end if we are to be successful. Yeah, and this is the thing. I mean, you need squ- you need in- you need depth in your squad, and you need competition. You have both of those things. But when do you re- when do yourself and Efi kind of finalise that starting fifteen? Is it later in the week? Do you have to wait and see another couple of sessions to see how people are going? Yeah, so I would say we'll leave it until after Wednesday night session. And we'll have a team picked so that we can name it at Friday session. That that's generally how we operate, or that's how we've operated so far this season, anyway. So, I mean, you know, you you would be discussing it all the time, but you can't really finalise it until just before the last session because even in the last session, you could pick up an injury or two. So, you know, you have to be just use the box clever. Um, and boxing clever is something you'll have to do against this Galway team. They're nothing. It's not a team you haven't seen before, or met before. Um, the kind of line I've been using with your other, with the other coaches and with, with Ify is that they've had two extremely difficult tests against both Tip, especially against Tip in their first game, and then Monaghan. Um, you've also had two tough tests, but those are the kind of games, even short of games because of COVID, you need those types of tests, and you need those types of tests in the conditions that you've played as well. Yeah, and it's actually a thought that crossed my mind today that in both Galway's games against Tipperary, first of all, and then against Monaghan, they went right down to the wire where they were kind of one in the last couple of minutes. We haven't had that experience yet ourselves. Um, you know, that, that that's money in the bank for Galway to come through those tests late in the games, whereas we kind of had our job done leading into the last 10 minutes or so, really. Like So we haven't had that scenario yet. Um, you know yourself, no, John, with, with the amount of... Um, stats and video analysis and all this kind of stuff on games 
we have bags and bags of information from Galway from this year and last year. Um, you know, you can you can you can you can work your way through that, but you pick out the main points that you have to focus on. And I don't like giving too much attention then in the end to the opposition. I'd like to, you know, Efi and Connor or Dominic, all the lads will do that. I like to kind of put all my attention on 90 percent of it anyway on our team and on what we do. And I'd like to think that Galway will be um, worrying about us as much as we will about them. Is it? Does, did it matter that you didn't face them in the league just before the lockdown, or would it have made any difference really coming into a semi-final of an All Ireland? No, 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 no. Any, anything, anything that's happened last year, this year, the, the league being cut short, uh, even our first two games, their first two games, it's all going to come down to on the day and mentally as much as physically. You know, it's going to come down to who wants it more and whose attitude is better and those 50-50 balls in this type of year this type of weather that, that's ultimately what it comes down to in my mind anyway two good football insights that, that goes to no question so mentally is a huge factor and just on that without giving away anything are you happy where you're at at the moment or do you just feel you need to go up another percent or two between here and the final or is this as much as you could ask from the players at this time of the year now anyway I, I, I'm, I'm very happy anyway from what I've seen so far last since the cabin game our game was due to be played this weekend, as you know. And if we were playing that game tomorrow, I think we're primed now and we're ready to go tomorrow. We could go there tomorrow and I'd be extremely confident. We have the extra week. We've been building nicely upwards towards this conversation. No, we'll say before tomorrow. I'm just hoping that we build another couple of steps between tomorrow, Wednesday and Friday. Experience is key here, obviously, for yourselves, but for the more experienced players in the squad to help the likes of Eric O'Shea and a few others that have kind of come on this year, um, that's very, very important, especially in these these really kind of, as you said, it looks like it's going to be a very close game and one step from an All-Ireland. Yeah, experience is key. And as you said, we have girls who have plenty of experience. There's plenty of girls there who have a couple of All-Ireland medals in their back pockets. And with the Mona Abbey girls who have huge experience together at All-Ireland level at club as well. And I think if you look at us now, if, for me, looking at our squad now compared to a week before Kerry, we're after progressing so well. Uh, we're a much, much stronger unit. And a lot of that is down to the fact that we have those experienced girls in training sessions. We're really leading the way for the younger girls like Erica, like Abby O'Mahony. So, yeah, they, to be fair, they're, they're playing their part. And on the day, you know, they're going to have a big role to play there as well. Yeah, it's been going very well now. Um, lately, I suppose the temperatures have dropped a little bit, so it's getting a bit tougher. But uh, as I always say, it's, you know, it's the best time of year to be playing football. You know, lots of teams are out of the championship. You want to be at the, at the back end of the championship, and we're looking forward to the Galway game now. Um, girls are working really hard. Um, you know, preparations have gone well, really. Cladove is a very, very useful spot. Obviously, the facilities are first class, but its location, I think, for the, considering the size of your squad, um, a lot of the girls and the players I've been speaking to have said it's been a real, hap- it's been a real central and useful base for you. Yeah, I mean, the, the Cladove Club have been excellent to us. You know, they're, they're always available to us. The, the pitches here are fantastic, and the setup here is great. And you know, in the, the, the COVID environment, um, you know, it's worked very well for us. And as you say, like you know. Cork's a big county, so you have girls coming up from Barry, you know, and you're Terry and Claire O'Shea, Orla Finn coming from the other side, you know, she's coming from across the border in, in Waterford, and you know, the, the girls from North Cork. So it's it's an ideal location really for us, and um, they've been very good to us. And as I said, like, you know, the big thing, the, the pitches are, are excellent really, and they look after the pitches here, and they look after us as well. So you have the facilities, you've had the uh, very, very good training sessions leading into another semi final. It's not our, uh, it's not new territory for you are for the senior players but at this time of the year how different is it in terms of the build up because of the time of the year and because of the restrictions 
Well, yeah, it, 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 it is different. I suppose, the, like, the, the COVID side of things, you know, like, your time pressures are increased, you know, because there's so little time for the girls. They're just into the dressing room, get changed back out again really quickly. Warm-ups, everything is that has to move that bit quicker. You're, you're training in the cold, uh, wet conditions, just starting to rain here now. We've been very lucky with the weather until now. But, you know, it does change things. So you have to keep things moving on fairly quickly. You've no time for big chats, Um as I said, the, the lack of dressing room use does does change your setup really. Um, you've had a good look at Galway as they have as you, they've come through two tough games, a good win over Tipperary, and then that come they were put to the pin of their collar by Monaghan. Um, nothing you wouldn't have known already about the resilience and the quality of the Galway team, and this honestly is your toughest challenge of the year to date. Yeah, totally. Like when when the groups were first pulled out, pulled out there, I. I kind of yeah, I thought that was going to be a really tough group. You know, Tipperary have been, have been coming over the last few years, and and, and Monaghan have made a bit of a resurgence as well. And uh, they were really tight games. I think there was only a point in all all three of the games that were played there, and Galway came out on top, which we would have expected Galway to come out on top. But they have to come through two really tough battles, so they're, they're going to be very battle hardened coming in. And, and you know, I suppose we, we've had one eye on them, even though like we, we had our own work to do. You know, we were conscious that that that's where we might end up. Um, We've had a look at them there in, in the last two weeks since we have have qualified, and um, yeah, they're a serious challenge for us, um, you know. And uh, we'll have to do everything in our power to, to to sort that out, you know, to deal with this. Um, but uh, we're looking forward to the challenge. Yeah. Has the three weeks gap to the final been an advantage in that it gives you time to sit down and analyse them, or you know, would you rather have been shorter? Well, I suppose initially it was two weeks, and then you'd have three weeks to the final. And it, you know, we kind of had the choice that, that it, we could make that three and two with the advantage of missing the Camogie, and that was a, that was a no-brainer because we, we just had to miss the Camogie clash. Um, the girls deserved that. You know, like they were told this decision was made two weeks ago. That took pressure off the girls straight away. So there's five girls who were, were able to train with both teams, and um, you know they're, they're playing out tomorrow with the Camogie, and we wish them the best of luck in that. And um, that was a no-brainer. So look, we got three weeks to the semi-final. The, the final doesn't really come into us now. You know, we'll, if we're lucky enough to qualify, we have two weeks to the final, and we'll deal with that as well. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. There's little doubt that Galway will pose Cork's toughest test of the year this weekend at Parnell Park. I caught up with the Galway manager Tim Rabbit and vice-captain Charlotte Cooney ahead of Sunday's showdown. Obviously the big match on the horizon is Galway and Cork's All-Ireland semi-final. It's a game a lot of people outside, both inside and outside both counties are looking forward to for obvious reasons. But can I just take you back uh, to the ending of your previous game? You and Galway have come through a seriously tough group in Tipperary and Monaghan. But towards the end of that Monaghan game, things, even though you were down to 14 players, things looked okay. And then Monaghan started reading off one goal, two goals and three goals. So and I know you responded positively and you got a goal near the end yourselves to make sure of the victory. But what was that time period like just on the sideline? We were never really settled basically in the game, even though we controlled it kind of fairly well for a long kind of period. But um, certainly the last 10 minutes um, didn't go the way we'd, we would have liked. Um, but the girls responded really well. Uh, like it was tough breeze. We were down to 14 players. So there's lots of kind of reasons for it. But uh, I thought the girls battled really well. Really proud of that point of view. But obviously a bit of work to do on a couple of different areas as well, you know, to, to kind of finish out a performance. 
not too dissimilar to Cork in that regard. But from your point of view, Tim, are you happy that look at the two tests that your team has got? Tipperary really put it up to you and Monaghan as well. And you couldn't ask really, I know coming into such a, uh, an important game, but two tough tests in what's been a very difficult year. I mean, at least you've had that. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely one positive for us. We're, we're definitely well tested. Um, although the next the semi final is up another level uh, from that, but uh, we're definitely well tested and we're definitely looking at things that we're doing really well and seeing areas where we can improve on. And we're, we're definitely leaving loads room for improvement. So these these are things to work on. But fortunately, we've got three weeks to do it. So we do a bit of downtime this week uh, for the guys to recharge the batteries and uh, we're, we're concentrating on on areas that we can improve on for the next day because it'll be required. Um, I know you've got that three-week break like Cork have, but unfortunately you're not able to arrange challenge matches. Um, has that been difficult? I mean, it's obviously from a manager's point of view, it's something you'd love to be able to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, It's just a different challenge. Normally you'd sit down and you know you plan out a couple of challenge games, and particularly the girls on the fringes that are maybe trying, battling really hard to get in and get on, to get on the starting 15. It's, it's, uh, you know, you want a platform for them to see can they, see can they push the other girls along. So we just have to rely on our own internal games and we've, we're doing a few different things and different kind of uh, abbreviations in our games and different kind of stuff like that to try to recreate that kind of intensity that you get in the county games. So that's just one of the challenges. You know, this year it's just it's just like that. It's just full of d- d- different things that you have to you know find your best way that you can you know for the team. But look, we, we sat down after the morning game, we planned out our, our couple of weeks, and you know we we feel we've um, you know we've kind of tried to address all the kind of different areas. But you know you, you can never be sure until we get back out onto onto the field again for a championship match. Um, is it a fair point to say Galway ladies football doesn't necessarily get the credit it deserves? I mean, you look back over the past cup, even just to take a microcosm of the last two to three years. I mean, you you lost to Dublin in the twenty eighteen final. I mean, your record in twenty nineteen was very impressive, and you got to the national league final as well, where you met where you met Cork. You've always been there or thereabouts. Um, you're up in the top echelon of ladies football teams in the country. What's I mean I won't say what's missing. It's taken that next step. Is is it taken out a big scalp like a Cork or a Dublin, um, that this team needs to take the next step forward? Yeah, I don't know. We don't really approach it really very much like that. You know, we we've you know we've got our own group and we know the areas that uh, that we need to improve on. We're very much concentrated on ourselves and our own performance. You know, we're not overly thinking about people's thoughts on us or different kind of stuff like that. You know. The things that that we can focus on and we can control ourselves, the things that we're trying to address, you know, that kind of stuff, and we're trying to challenge each other to get better in all the areas. Obviously, the big games come and they require big performances, so we we realise that. So, whether people give us credit for it or, or not credit for it, you know, it, it's about the it's about you know semi-finals are for winning. So, no one court could be thinking the exact same way about it. So, that's the challenge for us to get our own performance right and. What people, what people's thoughts on us are, are like something we can't really control. You know, the kind of stuff our performance. You know, that that is really important for us. Um, just before we talk about Cork, Tim, one of the things that impresses me most about Galway ladies football is your underage structure at inter-county level. I've come across some of your under fourteen, under sixteen, and minor teams over the last couple of years. Always competitive, always well prepared, and some really good individual footballers where the skill shines through. I mean, in irrespective of this year, like I, I. You must obviously be happy to have those kind of structures in place because it allows players to come through at inter-county level and be ready for it. Yeah, certainly. Like we're very fortunate. We've got a lot of good people involved in uh, in the development of ladies' football in the county. I suppose it would have been very important for them that they'd have a platform too at senior levels that they could progress on to. 
particularly, uh, you know, a setup that that's well organised, and you know, there's good structures basically in place to it, and good systems in place to allow uh, girls, you know, develop their their football, uh, and you know that that you know it's somewhere they could uh, they could go and they could see an area where they could definitely improve their game and and they'd be challenged, and uh, you know that's that's our job, I suppose, on the on the senior management to make sure that environment they stay there for the guys, and it's uh, the guys, the managers uh, at, at underage. To you know, work on the de- development of, of the girls that they can you know hopefully go on one day and represent Galway at senior level. And we, we've made some progress in that start uh, in that area. And I say it's definitely an area we need to continue to work on because you know everybody's improving in that area. Uh, to be fair, you know, so it's not it's, you know we can't wait for the standards to drop. We have to raise our own standards. And uh, within Galway, we, we've improved our structures. And like I said, I think we've we've more work to do. You know, but just it's just just takes time and just takes hard work. Indeed, it does. But when you see the likes of Tracy Leonard, Olivia Davili, and Louise Ward um, doing really well for you this year, I mean, the fact that the players are getting good intercounty experience at minor level before they step up to senior, it's a huge step up no matter what county you're in. Um, it's just I've been really impressed with the way that you've, you've played and you've always been in contention across all the grades. So that's something good for the future. Yeah, it certainly is. You know, like senior level, senior football is another couple of steps up for minor, and I suppose uh, as it is for the, in, in the men's game as well. So it does require, uh, you know, a different mindset, I suppose, as well, because uh, it, t- it takes a lot of time and effort. You know, players put more or less their life on hold, basically, to play into county football. You know, it does take a, a good bit of a good bit of preparation and a good bit of work that needs to be done, and you need to have the you need to have the time to be able to to develop your game at it. Uh, but we're fortunate, like I said, we've got lots of underage talent basically coming through. It was great going on to all the club games this year. It was like like really really impressed with all the really young talent that's out there as well. So you know the future is the future is bright for Galway. Uh, in that sense, is we've got loads of uh, we've got loads of talent, and I suppose the next part of it is developing it into a kind of a sort of winning culture at, uh, at senior level. And that's something that I suppose that's still in this development stage. Indeed, right. The uh, on the horizon then this an All Ireland semi final meeting with Cork, a team and a manager Efi Fitzgerald. You know um, from previous. You would have seen and come across quite a lot. Um, Cork have been similar to yourselves. Both of you were going very well in the National League before the pandemic hit. Um, since then, you've you've won both games and you've been two tough games coming through. There's not really going to be very much in this. It's all it sounds like a cliche, but there really isn't. And based on what you've seen of Cork, just what impresses you most about them, and also the conditions that your players are playing in this year, much heavier pitches, wetter conditions. How much have you had to adapt to that? Yeah, look, I, I suppose first, I suppose it was unfortunate we didn't get a chance to uh, finish out the league. We didn't get a chance to play Cork, especially it, it was a home game for goal. It was, uh, but it was just one of those things, you know, it, it, it's a small thing in the, in the bigger scale uh, of things that are going on. So, uh, the Cork were a superb team, you know, they're just really full of good footballers throughout the field and, and you know, um, lots of really good the strong uh, athletic players as well. So, you know, we need, we know we're going to have to be at a top of our game just to compete with them. Um, so it's going it's to be a big game and we're looking forward to it. But like, that's, you know, that's why we train. That's why we, that's why we put the time and effort into it. And, you know, the tough conditions are just the tough conditions. Like we've all played, you know, with our clubs before and the girls used to play with their clubs in difficult conditions as well. It's just one of those things. We've been reasonably fortunate enough uh, so far in the, in the, in the two Sundays uh, that we played that the weather hasn't been too bad. But but certainly is it, it, it certainly heavier underfoot and it does it does affect maybe the speed of the game sometimes, but maybe that's just just different areas of the games then that come through like the physicality and um, you know things like that. So it's look it, it, it's a big challenge for us. You know Cork a superb team, unbelievable tradition in ladies football as well. So you know we very much respect them and we know the 
the, the, the size of the challenge that we have. Indeed, and uh, look, all it is from from us here on the Big Red Bench in Cork is to wish you genuinely wish you all the best of luck. Um, I'd say I'd like to be talking to you again before the end of the year, but uh, with a caveat, obviously. But um, look, Tim, we we've been impressed with your two matches today at the championship and the way Galway football play their football at ladies football senior level. It is a credit to you and the players, and we're really looking forward to a cracking semi final. Yeah, look, it's great. It's great to be in another All Ireland semi final. Um, training has been going really well. You know, we have such a huge panel of players, and everyone is um, really fighting for their place. You know, it was a clean slate after the Monaghan and Tipperary game. So every position is up for grabs. So training is really competitive. So it's very enjoyable. That would be very similar to Cork uh, in that they're in the same boat. But can I just ask you, I mean, you've come through not just one, but two really, really tough tests. Um, Galway were really put to the pin of their collar by a very an improving Tipperary team. And then you had that Monaghan game just recently where you had to fight back late in the game um, against another very, very good and underrated side. I'd imagine that uh, spirits are high in the camp considering you've had to come through such two tough tests. Oh yeah, definitely. Like the two teams that we played really put it up to us. You know, they have some quality players. Um, I think, you know, we had control in both games for a lot of it and then in the last fifteen minutes we let split. Um so just a bit of lax and comp- uh, concentration and that I think, you know, we let ourselves down. But um we've been working hard on it, you know, trying to keep into the game trying to keep in the game, you know, for the full sixty minutes. Um, but I think it should stand to us like to come out of our group stages having really two tough battles. You know, the next day is going to be even a bigger battle against Cork. So, you know, I think we'll be well prepped for it. That game, though, um, against Monaghan, whatever about the Tipperary game and winning by a narrow margin, when you're put, when your backs are up against the wall, you really do find out about your team and your squad, as you said, and the importance of being able to bring players off the bench that can make a difference. And that really showed in that Monaghan game. You must have been absolutely delighted afterwards to come out of it with a win. Oh, definitely. And the girls, you know, it just shows the importance of the panel and the strength, strength and depth we have in our panel. You know, it's brilliant. And the girls that came on made such a difference for us. Um, and to come out. Um, away with that win against Monaghan that just shows you know the character of the team is just really really good and it's, everyone really um, put their shoulders to the wheel when we needed you know when we needed everyone so just very delighted to come away with the win you know, it's been the most unusual of years um, Charlotte obviously because of COVID-19 now pre the first lockdown Galway were going very very well in the league and were on the verge of about you're about to face Cork actually before the first lockdown occurred but yeah. your your league form was particularly impressive I know now there's been a big gap to the championship since then and a lot of momentum was lost but how important was it to get those league games under the belt considering the time of year that you're playing at now? Yeah definitely and I think I actually think we you know we had a shaky start to the league and then each game we were getting better Um and I think it really set a foundation for us this year. Um, with lockdown and everything, it was difficult. But I think, you know, everyone going back training with their club and playing the club championship was kind of getting everyone back up to pace again. And then when we got back in with the county set up, um, it was like as if, you know, we were just starting off where we left off, you know. So it has been, it's been a challenging year. But I think um, the response of the players has been really good. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can just keep going for the next few weeks. 
How have you found it as an inter-county player? Just, I mean, it's it, it's very unusual to be playing unless you're with your club this late into the season. But I mean, the conditions that you would have encountered and the pitches being that bit heavier this time of the year, you've had to adapt your training accordingly. But I mean, obviously, I'd assume you're happy just to be playing, but it must be quite difficult. It is. Um, you know, the game has kind of slowed down compared to what you'd be playing during the summer. Um, it's tough and, you know, your legs are heavy. Even in the Monaghan game, it was a... You know, it was tough conditions. Pitch was wasn't the kind of pitch that you'd be used to playing in summer football. And um, I think you know we're so lucky and so grateful to be able to play this year with everything that's going on. I think um, you know the conditions are only a minor thing. Um, I think we're very lucky to have the opportunity to play. So I think any player would play in any conditions on the day. You know. Um, this Galway team is 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 known for its scoring prowess. I mean, you've got the likes of Olivia Divoli, you've got Louise Ward, you've got Tracy Leonard. But what about the defence? I mean, you've anchored it at centre back. I mean, a lot of the headlines with a lot of the teams, obviously, at this time of the year, goes to the forwards. But the fact that you're facing that quality of some of the players that I mentioned there in training, that must really help improve and sharpen the skills. And I'd imagine, as you mentioned, your A versus B games are quite competitive. Yeah, exactly. And our training is really tough. And you know, if you can't do it on the training ground, you're not going to be able to do it on the day of a game. So, look at, um, we demand very high standards of each other at training. So, you know, we really want to get the best out of each other. So we push each other hard and hope that it would, you know, transfer on the day of a game. Um, do you think... As, as an inter-county player, obviously the media attention has no has risen over the past number of years. I mean, Galway haven't been that far away when you look at your record, specifically over the last couple of years. And what I've also been very impressed with, Charlotte, is your underage setup at inter-county level. I've come across your under-14 team, I've come across your minor team. Like there's a, there's, There seems to be a very good setup within the county and an opportunity for any young girl who wants to get to senior level to be able to do so. But... The media attention, not just in Galway, but outside of it, seems to be increasing and not before time. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, there's huge talent in Galway. Um, you know, the stuff underage and the development of the players coming up through the age groups, is, you know, it's brilliant. And the amount of work, you know, our management on each age group and county board and, you know, people behind the scenes that are putting in to allow us to be able to play, like, it's huge. So... You know, there's a lot of credit to go to a lot of people. Um, and it's just to, you know, hope that the transition from an underage into senior, you know, is just constantly, you know, that easy transition from underage into senior, that it's not, you know, you're not having a huge gap and waiting for people to perform. Like, it takes a lot. Um, so it takes some players, like, a couple of years to get up to that senior level. So it's just having that, um, I suppose, connection between the underage and the senior so that players are being developed at the right time The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm St Bridget's Roisin Phelan Fermoy's Ashling Hutchings and Kinsale's Saibo Leary are three Cork players eager to make an impact against Galway this weekend All three players took time out of their busy schedules to speak to the Big Red Bench podcast earlier this week Yeah you know I took a year out last year with for work commitments and things and some. Um, that really took its toll. You know, you kind of forget how much a big part it is of you to be playing um, to such a high level. And um, I was encouraged to go back in this year by by family and friends, and I'm glad I did. You know, and it's just like I'm a much happier person when I'm playing football to a high level, and um, it's been great to get back, really. 
Um, obviously, you've had plenty of competition in the Dublin Championship with St. Bridget's, but home, did you realise how much you missed Intercounty until until you actually got back and started training again? Yeah, not hugely. You know, there is a huge stand, a great standard of football in Dublin, and um, it's just something that I kind of miss more. As such, like I've, I've grown up with those girls, like you know, I play Cork with them. Um, it was a big shock to the system not playing, um, and it was okay during the winter months, but come the summer, you, you know, you're kind of edging, edging to want to play again. And um, I'm glad I came back into it now. Even with the years I've been it, it's been a, it's been a really good experience to be back in at them. Yeah, it has been the most unusual of years, but you don't look like you've missed a step, or at least the matches that I've seen you playing in anyway. But as you said, that that camaraderie and that bond between the current Cork team and the girls that have come in over the last twenty four months, it's clearly it's clearly evident when we see when I see a trainer, when I see you play. Um and how much though, um you've you're obviously enjoying your inter county football. How much are you enjoying your football up in Dublin, which as you said is of a, a very, very high standard at club level? me in his open arms and it was, a, it was a big decision to kind of transfer clubs at the time and um, I was incredibly grateful to have a friend that they did for me and hopefully at some point I might be able to get back to them but um, it's, uh, it's yeah it's really good to be playing so there's a really high standard up there and we've got good coaches in and there's a lot of um, Dublin players around that around the club set up as well so it's been really good to play with them and to be really welcomed in as one of their own um, you've played two very intense championship matches against Kerry down in Tralee and then against Cavan up in Burr in County Offaly um, both very different conditions the Tralee pitch was in excellent shape the Burr pitch a bit heavier um, how difficult is it without challenge matches Roisin, um to get up to speed it's a big ask of inter-county players and especially at this time of year Exactly, like as you said, the conditions day and day can change. You know, as in you said, one pitch is great, another pitch is a little bit heavier, and um, even airing things like that out on pitches can be can be a really big help. Um, obviously, that was five restrictions kicked in just before um, the intercounty schedule kicked off, so we didn't get in as many challenge matches as we'd have liked, and you kind of saw there, like as in hopefully we've we've kicked off all the cobwebs, but it it does take some time for a team to gel, particularly without. Uh, without competitive matches for such a long stream of time you know as in um, while the ABBs we have are great and there's great competition in them there is a bit of familiarity there and it's, it's good to play against other teams and other setups and see what see what you're really made of Indeed and you're going to see exactly what you're made of uh, on Sunday against Galway you would have come across Galway quite a lot in your career they are a, a ver- under Tim Rabbit they're a very very well drilled side very very experienced side as well and have come through uh, two very hard fought victories over Tipperary and Monaghan but you know any game against Galway isn't easy at the best of times but in All-Ireland semi-final the stakes are much higher how important is it your previous experience of playing Galway going to be? Yeah like as in there's a good blend in our team of youth and experience which I think is a really good a good blend to have um, younger players tend to kind of just go with it you know they're, they're very very good at just kind of going for every ball and everything like that so the experience like it's good to have the experience within the group as well. Um, obviously, good like always are a great side. Um, they are they've great threats all over the all over the field. They're a really strong running team. Um, they come out the right side of two really close matches, which was done to them. Um, and many of Towson as this year's All Ireland contenders. So it's up to us to kind of put our hands up and kind of really put our hands up as well. Um, quite a bit of travelling involved, I'd imagine, Roisin, this year because of your involvement with the Cork team and being based in Dublin. That's something I would imagine you're used to, but it's still uh, quite a big commitment. Yeah, um, 
look, it's, it is a lot of travelling, and but I was well aware that before I came into it, um, it's roughly about twelve or thirteen hundred kilometres a week, um, depending on where training is. Um, that's a big financial hit, but hopefully one that will be worthwhile worthwhile making. Um, I think this year of all years kind of highlights exactly um, why we like to play sport. You know, it's really highlighted the the human side of sport, and uh, I just think we're really fortunate to be able to play this year and. Um, I think that anyone would travel any distance at this time to be able to play at the moment. Well, that's putting it mildly considering the miles you're putting up, but uh, you're clearly enjoying it, enjoying the experience of training and working under Evie Fitzgerald. Mm, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's, um, it's a good setup there that we have and the guys work really hard with it and it's, it's, um, it's important to recognise them as well for their efforts. Um, just finally, Roisin, obviously... Uh, this is a big game the biggest game of the year for Cork in the most unusual of years you've got to put in a performance first before you worry about the result but things have slowly been building over the past two games and training sessions and it looks like Cork are in a good place yeah no like we've been training really well like I said uh, fierce competition for places um, there's a real there's a real belief within this group um, and like I said the the real good blend of youth and experience is hopefully going um, to pay yeah off things are going well um, training is going well everyone's fighting hard for positions I suppose we've had kind of different players out for our first two matches different 15 um, different subs coming on we've used probably about 25 players at this stage so like no one is guaranteed a spot so you know everyone's fighting for positions at training so you know it's really upping the ante and it's making it really competitive and you know there's a good vibe and everyone's kind of positive I suppose we're just kind of happy to be playing football um, it's something to do I suppose in this strange year and you know everyone's just looking forward to the semi-final and you know everyone's just giving it their all at training um, to hopefully get us over the line Indeed, and you speak about competition. That half-back line, I think, remains and has been for the last couple of years one of the most competitive areas of the pitch to get into and the start. Already a difficult enough to get into the starting 15, but um, yourself, Melissa Duggan, Sean O'Kiley, I mean, the three of you have been doing quite well there, um, but it's it's a very, very competitive uh, line of that Cork team when you consider the quality that's on the bench and some of the, even some players who don't even make the 30. Yeah, yeah, Ooh, like getting on the 15, I suppose, is everyone's aim, even getting on the 30 at this point, because we have about 38 in our panel, and, you know, getting on any position is really competitive, which I suppose makes it good, it makes the trainings, you know, harder, everyone's fighting for a spot, but yeah, the half-back line or anywhere in the back line really has been really competitive, we've obviously... Laura had been playing there kind of towards the start of the year, but unfortunately got injured. So I suppose this, you know, gave the rest of us um, an opportunity. Um, Melissa, Shauna, we've Erica in now um, from McCroom and, you know, she's flying it. So she's very kind of flexible player. So she's played kind of in the uh, cornerback and at wing back. But there's so many people like Ash and Keller, there's so many people fighting for positions. Um, that you know, I suppose in a from my perspective, it's a, uh, it's a bit like oh god, um, you know, I wish there wasn't so much competition so that you could at least um, not be guaranteed a spot. But um, but it's good in other ways because you know you can never take your foot off the pedal, and um, you know you have all those girls, those younger girls coming through, and you know it's it's really good to be playing with them, and I suppose them to be playing with the older players like you know myself and Shauna. Um, because I suppose they're learning we're learning from them but they're also learning from us which you know for the future of Cork football is great um, so yeah it is, it is a very competitive line but I suppose anywhere on the pitch at the moment is very competitive and you know our, our panel has been going really well at training so you know you couldn't even 
call who you know I, I don't know how management even like whittle it down to the 30 let alone down to the 15 that are going to start on the pitch so um, yeah it's very competitive across the board um, can I ask you about that first half against Kerry, the first day down in Tralee? I mean, that must have been, that it looked tough going considering you hadn't been able to play any challenge matches and it was your first competitive match in probably about seven months. You got over the line that day, but how important was it to, to come back in the second half and just to find your feet again at intercounty level? Yeah, yeah. So I suppose that was our first match. You know, we had we had a few challenge matches lined up, but then obviously everything changed because of um, COVID again. So you know, we were only playing against each other, and I suppose our AVB matches are extremely competitive. They're as good as playing, um, you know, any any team. But I suppose it took us a while to get up to championship pace. I suppose Kerry, having had the game, um, a game like against Cavan the week before us, you know, had kind of reached their championship pace, and whereas we were kind of a little bit off. Um, now Kerry are a very strong team and we knew it was going to be put up to us on the day um, but I suppose especially in the first half we weren't very happy with our performance especially you know in terms of their kick out um, you know they were kind of getting the ball easily down to nearly their full forward line um, so you know there was a lot of a lot of things we were a bit rusty um, and like we learned a lot from it and we learned a lot I suppose in the first half that we then applied in the second half and I think especially the last maybe 15 minutes after the last water break um, I thought our forwards and midfields did really well in terms of turning over their kickouts. So, like, there was a lot of positives we took from that game. Um, I suppose we were a little bit rusty, and I suppose it was our first championship game in a while. But um, you know, there was there was a lot of positives as well as things to work on before we played Cavan, and obviously now before we play Galway. Yeah, two very different games insofar as you were pushed um, all the way by Kerry, and you pulled away from Cavan in the end, but. Similarly to your opponents in the All Ireland semi final, David, two very tough games against Tip and Monaghan as well. You know yourself from playing Galway down through the years. I don't have to tell you how tight and how tough this is going to be. Um, but as it gets closer, as an inter county player, do you get nervous, Ashling? Are you okay on the day of matches? And how have you found it? It's obviously been very, very different this year, traveling by, on your own to matches and, and to training. But when do the nerves kick in or do, or do they kick in at all? Um, I suppose I, I would kind of get nervous before matches. I think I kind of tend to get a bit nervous kind of leading up to the match on the day. I think, you know, once we go out and start the warm-up, there's kind of nothing you can do. Like, once the ball is thrown in, you just have to, you know, go all out. And, you know, the, I think the nerves kind of disappear a bit on the day once once the ball is thrown in. But I think leading up to it, I suppose, you know, you might be given a different job to do, you know, mark a certain person or, you know, you might be working on something specific and you know that can that can lead to a bit of nerves as you're kind of leading up to the game um but i suppose you know the year that's in it you know everything is a bit strange and we're playing football in december it's a bit odd um so i think we're all just kind of happy to be out there you know there you know a lot of people are supposed confined to being at home or you know limiting their movements and stuff whereas we still get to play football um so i think you know there we will be nervous and everything leading up to it but i think on the day you know, hope, hopefully the nerves won't be too much that we'll be able to go out and perform like we can. Yeah, you're fortunate in that there's quite a bit of experience in that dressing room. I know there's a lot of new players that have come in over the last 24 months, but experience on days like that will be will be key. And considering the time of year, which must be very unusual for a player to be playing inter-county football, as grateful as you are, um, experience, but uh, conditions and adapting to all of those things will be absolutely vital if you want to get over Galway. Oh yeah, 100%. Like, I suppose we kind of say it nearly every time uh, before we go out to a match, but, you know, don't bounce the ball. It's simple things like that. You know, we're not used to playing, I suppose, football in December like this. 
So, you know, it, it's changing our kind of mindset and, you know, getting in the zone. OK, we're playing We're playing now. It's December. You know, the, the ground is heavy. Um, you know, move the ball quickly, things like that. But as you said, there's so much experience. Like, you know, having Darren as captain, like she's so experienced. And obviously, Kira, Hannah, there's, you know, there's, there's endless names you could call out. And even the younger ones are, you know, standing up and being leaders. Um, which is which is great to see. Yeah, to be fair, everything's going as well as it could be in the camp. Um, I feel like trainings have been really good and intense throughout the weeks, and we're really just gunning for the semi-final now to take on Galway. Those training sessions and those A versus B matches, and just the intensity of the drills, considering with or without the Camogie girls, when they're not there, when they are there, you're in around 30, 35 players pretty intensive going and you know you, you you've got to be on it I would imagine from the minute training starts yeah definitely I feel like your mindset must kind of be ready well before training actually starts so the hour before like the car journey you want to be kind of getting ready for it um but yeah we're lucky we have so much numbers in the camp because when girls are injured and stuff every day we every we get um in like a 15 versus 15 every now and then um, and you know, like I feel like it's as good as playing another kind of team because our like our subs is as good as the starting team. So it's very competitive that way. How beneficial for you? And I've asked you this before in a previous interview, but how beneficial is it to have Quivo Callan and Orla Finn there with you? Yeah, it's very nice to be fair because you know you'd be used to playing with them in club, and it's nice to just have a bit of familiarity. Um, and, you know, it's nice to have a familiar face there as well. And just to be representing Kinsale is lovely. Hmm. It, it, now, it seems like a bit of a cliche to say it, but for the size of the squad, from my observations of your training sessions, it does seem like a very happy camp. And it seems, no, it is, it is intense and it's competitive, absolutely. But there seems to be a very good and positive vibe. I mean, is, has that been helped by the fact you're in the middle of a pandemic and everybody seems to be gunning and, as you said, looking forward to training? Yeah, definitely. I suppose everyone kind of like we realize how important it is to us now because there's nothing else going on in our lives at the moment so i suppose like we all when we're at trainings together we enjoy seeing other people's faces because usually you know you'd be in at the house on your own most of the day but so it's lovely just to get out and see everyone and we're all just i feel like this year especially it's anyone it's any counties like all ireland this year i feel it's really up in there you've seen that against in the men's football so I feel this year like we're just giving it everything and hopefully you know it'll pay off in the end. You certainly are giving it everything you were pushed all the way by Kerry that first day down in Tralee and then above in Burr a very very cold Burr in County Offaly against Cavan mm -hmm. um, it took you a while to get going but once you did you fell into that groove and you made an instant impact off the bench you came on Late, in, not too late in the game, but your first touch, you took a pass to the defender and you scored a terrific goal into the bottom corner. Uh, a lovely moment for you. Yeah, I was delighted to be fair, just to get the chance really to just show what you can do. I suppose you know, whenever you're giving that chance, um, as a player, I feel you really have to take it. So I was just delighted that I could, I use my speed, I suppose, to get past and just settle down to take that moment. You know. How frustrating is it for somebody who's on the fringes of the starting 15 when you know you want to go in and make an impact, but you might not get the opportunity to do so? Yeah, I feel like you really have to just keep a positive mindset 
and like you have to realize I suppose there's such competition for places throughout the team and especially Cork have always have had a very um, talented full forward line so I suppose sometimes it depends on who we're playing and I suppose I can bring speed in terms of that way so I suppose like in terms of the carry match it depends like that was maybe was a different setup so that way you just kind of have to take it on the chin and depending on what suits the team you just kind of have to like you know keep positive and when you're needed then you take that opportunity so and so yeah. is, it, is it also a case of reminding management of your ability in front of goal in those training matches yeah I suppose it's nice to show them what I can do and just to make them yeah I suppose like you always have to prove yourself but um you know I feel throughout trainings they kind of they see us anyway, but like, you know, it's nice in the cabin game to show that I could like keep settled in the game, you know, because I feel that was the first probably, um, it was actually my first um, inter-county goal, I think, but you know, just to show that I could keep settled in the game. Everyone's really fighting for their position and especially this week, we really have to just knuckle down and just make sure you get on even team sheet because there's loads of girls who like there's a bunch of talent and they're still not making the 30 so it is incredibly hard to get on the team sheet even um so yeah you just kind of have to prove yourself and just keep calm in the trainings to not kind of just keep settled and just you know if you get the opportunity pop it over the bar you know very good can i ask you about the coaching team because they speak quite highly very highly of you the likes of Paddy O'Shea, the likes of uh, Evie Fitzgerald, um, Dominic Gallagher, just to off the top of my head. But are they very hands-on in training with somebody like yourself or do they, do they come to you in, in the middle of training or do they have a chat with you before or outside of it, just with what they're looking for from you? Um, I suppose they wouldn't come to me individually often, but even the last night of training, we had shooting and like, they often give tips, even like, you know, feedback. So that was very good. Like Paddy especially came over um, and he just like, sometimes I'd nearly go too fast for my liking. I need to settle down when I'm shooting. So he just said that to me and I was like, I, I knew myself, but it was good to hear from him as well. Um, and, you know, they're all kind of, Efi always has a chat with us throughout the end and it's always like, it's actually so inspiring. And um, the last day, me and Ian McCoy were just saying, like, he'd really like the way the tone of his voice is something you'd really take from his message from it. So it was um, good that way, you know. The Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. It was a real treat to catch up with one of the country's best sports journalists, Emma Duffy from the 42.ie, ahead of this weekend's All Ireland semi final clash. I spoke to Emma shortly after her native Cavan shocked Donegal in the men's Ulster final and got her take on Cork's chances of overcoming Galway. Now, a real bonus uh, for this week's podcast, Cork's or Red FM Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Absolutely thrilled to be joined by a writer I've been following for a long time and enjoy her writing on the 42.ie on ladies football and a host of other sports. And that's Emma Duffy. Emma, how are you? fantastic the last few days have been brilliant so I can't complain yes we should probably explain and your latest uh, feature on the 42.ie about Cavan and that magnificent Ulster final victory you are from Cavan you're Cavan through and through what a day for you and what a day for the county ah, it was unbelievable um, I think we're we're a few days on now but I'm still finding it hard 
hard to kind of sum it up. Um, I tried to put a few thoughts together in my piece and I write, um, but uh, Jesus, I don't know if you could even cover the half of it. Um, it was just magic. It was fairy tale stuff. Um, I suppose I've grown up hearing stories in 97 and whatnot else and come from a big football and house and, and background. So it was just truly special. Um, and just the year that it is, the monumental effort, uh, everything about the game, and it was it was unbelievable. And kind of getting goosebumps very talking about it still. Uh, but yeah, the fact that we've uh, the the repeat semi finalists of, of 1920 is crazy. Kind of during the week, I had a, a bit of a feeling that Calvin could go and do something special, but was afraid to nearly say anything. Um, and then I saw I saw after in the week, and you know that got me going again. And on on Saturday night, I sent it to my dad and. He was just like, Jesus, yeah, I saw that now. That's a great omen. And he said, if Tiff do it, we'll do it. And after the Tiff game, just I was like dead started happening. Um, unfortunate, obviously, for Cork. And, and apologies for bringing it up. Yeah, I was, but, going, I was going to mention that, but keep going. <laughs> it was it was absolutely fantastic. Um, look, I suppose it just means so much to Calvin people. And you saw the scenes, obviously, on the pitch after the match and what it meant to the players but just for Calvin people all over the world it's unbelievable really proud football in County that hasn't always got the success and you know the last few months have been dreadful and um, back home in Gavin between Covid and then just other other tragedies and, and deaths and things like that so it is a glimmer of hope and, and you know a bit of happiness for everyone back home which is, which is fantastic Indeed it is and we wish you all the best in the semi-final against Dublin I think the whole country bar Dublin will um, and who knows uh, maybe the fairy tale doesn't end here um, I wanted to ask you just about your work um, you're you're a journalist you're a sports journalist you write for the 42.ie and write very very well um, you cover quite a lot of sports but um, you are one of the few female uh, sports journalists there the, the number is growing steadily as the years go on thankfully but for a while there there was yourself Sinead Farrell there's a couple of others Cleena Foley um, more and more now um, seem to be springing up in newspapers and, and online and media and not before time No it's fantastic to see I suppose even when I was younger uh, there wasn't really that many to look up to like you know I remember even just it was whoever was on the TV it was Claire McNamara um I can't even remember back then now. I I suppose probably in my teenage years I would have read Tina Foley stuff and Mary Hannigan's um but you know, there was no real kind of pathway, I guess. I kinda of just went into it blindly and was like, Yeah, I, I'm gonna do this. Um it wasn't always what I wanted to do. Um I was obviously always mad about sport, um, played soccer, Gaelic football. Everything and that, and I drew my hand up when I was younger, and I knew I wanted to work in sports then as a teenager. And I probably wanted to be, you know, PE teacher, want to study PE and biology in DC or physio or something like that. But then I, um, I figured out I didn't exactly like biology a whole while, so that was going to be a problem. Um, and then, you know, I kind of went through looking at something different. Um, I knew I wanted to go to PE because. They had such a, a strong kind of Gaelic games and um, contingency, and I, I wanted to be part of that. I knew a lot of people who went, and I suppose I just was following their footsteps. Um, but that just, it ultimately wasn't that. Um, I kind of was looking at what else I could do. 
uh, always was interested in, in reading about sports, reading match reports, um, reading the telehicks and the telly, reading the matches, and this, that and the other. And, you know, I loved English in school, I liked being creative and writing things. So I kind of figured, well, maybe I could kind of try and marry the two together and, and somehow become a sports journalist. And, and luckily everything kind of fell into place nicely. I studied journalism in DCU and wasn't the biggest fan of the course, but got there in the end, did a module on sports journalism in the final year, which was fantastic. And, and that really made me, you know, want to want to pursue it and, and follow that dream. And um, then I did an internship in the 42 um, at Cardiff College, which was fantastic in DCU. And I've been there ever since. So I've been very l- lucky. I kind of fell on my feet in ways, but... Uh, no, it's been it's been fantastic, and I thoroughly enjoy what I do every day. So, so that's not a bad complaint, is it? It isn't. Uh, we I thoroughly enjoy your work, and a lot of other people do via the Forty Two that I and will continue to do so. Hopefully, in the years ahead, um, I have to ask you about the upcoming All Ireland semi final between Cork and Galway. I know you've been covering the ladies' football championship quite closely this year. Um, obviously Dublin and Armagh is one, but the one down in Cork that we're all focusing on is the is that Cork and Galway game. First of all, how do you think it will go? And from what you've seen of both teams so far this year, they have come through two very tough tests. Each of them, including Cork against Cavan, um, it's not going to be, it's going to go right down to the wire this one, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. It's it's a really it's full tasty encounter, especially for the neutral. Um, Cork were my prediction at the start of the year and I think I still stand by it uh, not just because this is a Cork based uh, yeah. podcast or whatever but um, no, I, I was impressed with what I saw from Cork in the group stages um, you know they really grinded out that win against Kerry and um, they have fantastic firepower up front um, between Neil Sullivan or the Finns Sushanoon and you name it and they have kind of that ideal mixture of youth and experience and you know I think this could be the year that they that they do do it and they get back to those heights that they 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 had reached beforehand. And um, obviously, yeah, goal is a, a really strong test. Um, it's going to come right down to the wire, as you say. Galway had a really tough group campaign themselves. It was one point wins, I think, both of them over Tipperary and Monaghan. And um, so, you know, I'd say they'll take great confidence from that that they got through two really strong tests. Um, because Jesus Tip and Monaghan are two fantastic sides and um, look they're missing Roshan Leonard as far as I'm aware through injury and, and they're unsure about Fabian Cooney's red card appeal just yet um, but they have an abundance of talent themselves and, and Tracy Leonard and the Ward twins in I suppose in, in the Cooney's as well there's an abundance of talent there just like there is in Cork so look it's, it's kind of a, a different I suppose uh, championship clash I don't think they have they've clashed in the championship in a few years now but they're well used to each other they know each other and put out I'd imagine um, and look the prize at the end of the day is a ticket to the All-Ireland final which anyone would bite your hand off for so it's yeah I imagine it's going to come right down to the wire all it'll be going to get back to Crow Park like they were last year um, obviously Park will want the exact same um, but I think I would just take part to do it um, but it is going to come right into the wire as you say Well we're delighted to hear that prediction and considering yeah. your prediction for Cavan uh, worked out pretty well as well uh, th- that's probably a good sign for Ify Fitzgerald um, look just finally I mean obviously ladies football has never received so much coverage via the media via print via yourselves online It in the year of the 2020 um 
push and, and uh, to get ladies sport or female sports on the front covers of all these magazines and newspapers. I've never seen as much coverage as I have this year for Camogie and for Gaelic football. Um, it's fantastic to see it, but ca- how can we sustain it now and how can we keep it going? Yeah, I think it's been phenomenal. Phenomenal, sorry, as you said, especially at the minute when sport is kind of chock-a-block and, um, you know, there's so much on week in, week out, every weekend. Um, but, you know, it is getting the coverage it deserves um, and it deserves more and more. But, look, I think, yeah, the thing is sustaining it, definitely. Um, obviously, there was a huge push this year with the 20 by 20 campaign, um, probably hampered a little bit by the COVID-19 pandemic, unfortunately, like everything has been across the world. Um, yeah, I think we just need to build on it going forward. I think, I suppose, the more success um, and the more momentum behind it, the more coverage that will bring, um, you know, as you see you guys down in Cork, like, unbelievable coverage for ladies football and camogie and, and you know, soccer and whatnot else. Um, it's fantastic to see, but I think, you know, both teams are successful and, you know, they're giving people things to watch, things to write about, and, and that's the big thing. Um, even we just see with the, the Irish women's football team, I suppose, they've obviously enjoyed uh, a bit of success themselves over the last few months and years. It probably isn't going to end exactly as we'd all hoped now next week. But, um, but look, their success brings their coverage and, and that's it at the end of the day, I think. Um, I suppose once there's momentum behind something, people are going to support it and people are going to follow it. Um, so it's important not to force it too. There is kind of a fine balance, but I do think that, I suppose, that kind of unconscious bias of, of selecting men's sport over women's sport has changed, that psyche has changed. It's not women's sport, it's sport. Um, and I think, look, it's there to be enjoyed and it's there to be equally enjoyed like the men's. Um, so, and I think we're seeing more and more of that. It's just about building on a going forward year. And that's it for another Big Red Bench Ladies Football Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to The Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan, Valerie Wheeler and guests between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow The Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website, redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.